Welcome, Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields. Hello, thanks for joining me today for your online coffee break. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce my special guest, Ricky Nye. Ricky is an amazing blues musician from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's played all types of styles, including jazz, funk, rock and roll, and country, with instruments including piano, organ, and accordion. But he's embraced boogie-woogie and blues, achieving several awards, including being inducted into the International Boogie-Woogie Hall of Fame. As the world faces the challenges of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, Lions recognize that kindness matters now more than ever. And Lions and Leos are finding ways to continue to serve our communities. For more than 100 years, in times of need, Lions always find a way to help those around them. And after we emerge from this, we will be stronger than ever. Visit lionsclubs.org to learn more. Online Coffee Break. Ricky, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Chuck. Well, I, tell you, I tell you, a lot of people don't know that my hometown is Cincinnati, and I have seen you perform countless times. And it's always good, it's always original, and it's just always amazing. And I want to start off by just talking about the blues in general, because yeah, I didn't know much about the history of blues until we, we sort of arranged this interview, and I was, I was looking at the history of sort of boogie-woogie. And what I understand is blues has been around for a while. Some say it was actually developed possibly during the American Civil War, like in 1861, 65 for you history buffs. Um, but then Boogie Woogie sort of developed out of that in the 1920s from what I heard. And I was just wondering, just tell us a little bit more, what is Boogie Woogie? Uh, the, the form, the form it's, it's, uh, typically it's based on a 12-bar blues. It's based on a 12-measure a uh, cycle and uh one thing about boogie is it's not slow it used to be called sometimes people refer to as the fast blues because it's a blues form but um uh one thing that's one thing that's pretty specific about about boogie woogie is is a a left-hand rhythm yeah i hear that's really hard to play yeah well i don't know that it's hard but it's (laughs) it's well (laughs) no it's like a it's a it's a repetitive pattern Okay. And it's kind of like the it's like the 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 band, you know. It's the it's the rhythm. Uh, typically, it's like an eighth note pattern, like one and two and three and four and one and two. And it can swing, or it can be straight, you know, like that. And yeah. And um, and uh, so and the right hand is a lot of specific vocabulary. Wow, what's that? I'm definitely talking to the right person here. I just have to know, how did you get into Boogie Woogie? I mean, it's, I think it's kind of unusual. And I heard that you sort of got bit by the music bug when you were just five years old. Tell me more about that and sort of what influenced you and uh, when you started playing piano. How did your music journey begin? But I got into music when I, when I was five. Um, my uncle, my, my father's brother, taught music for a living. Mm-hmm. And um, and he had a band. He and my and my uncle played electric guitar, and my father played electric bass. And I had an uncle from my mother's side played accordion. So they had a little trio, and they would play. This is back before you know there was DJs. You know, it was like if you had a party or a reception, you'd have a band. 
So my mother took me to watch them rehearse one night on a Friday night. They didn't have a job and, and they're rehearsing. My mom took me to watch them and I just, I was just <laughs> totally, awesome. totally I mean, that flipped the switch for me there. I was like, I want to be a musician. I knew when I was five that I wanted to be a musician. And I started out playing accordion yeah. and got to be where I was about eight, I guess. And I realized accordion wasn't cool. And, uh, I don't know, folks. He does play a mean accordion because I've heard you play. And one of my one of your fans asked me to ask you, are you still playing the accordion? Well, and I, I, wound up, I wound up selling my full-size accordion. But mm. I have a couple little student models, you know. It's like, um, and they sound good. And if I need to fake accordion for a session or something, <laughs> I can do it. Um, but anyway, I, so, so I, I got, you know, so back, I'm like eight years old. And I said, man, accordion. And I got a really bad sunburn. And and, and and I'm like, I can't put the accordion on it. And so and I said, no, I don't want to play. And they knew how much I loved music. And so my, my folks found a piano for like a hundred bucks. And I, I started playing piano. Now, my gosh, I mean you're you're definitely very award winning, excellent playing the keys. You've won you've been inducted into the International Boogie Woogie Hall of Fame, uh, the best solo act from the Cami Awards. I know it's might feel weird of bragging yourself. I don't want you bragging, but just tell us a little bit more about the awards you've won. I think they're incredible. Well, the, the, the Boogie Woogie Hall of Fame was established by Dr. Philip Lemming, who, who, who is, uh, runs the Arches Boogie Piano Stage. Mm-hmm. So he wanted, each year he wanted to acknowledge uh, players that were contributing to the art form and, and helping to keep it alive. Right. So that's why they, they uh, honored me. That was several years ago, I think in 2013. Mm-hmm. And the other awards are, are, are local, you know, through to the City Beat Awards, the CEA Awards, and then the Cami Awards were put on by the Cincinnati Enquirer. It was the, the music writer, Larry Neger, who uh, started that. One thing, too, is I know you perform a lot in Cincinnati. You've also performed internationally, too. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah well, for, for 20 years, I've been, I've been going to Europe and uh, playing festivals, and about 12 years ago, I... I uh, a fellow pianist invited me to uh, do some gigs with his group that was based in Paris, and then wow. we started working together. And we've made uh, we made four CDs together, and um, everything has just had it largely happened um, because a, 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 a Belgian pianist, uh, Renaud Patsini is his name. He came to play the Arches stage, and stayed in town for another week. Uh, he was on a label at the University of Arizona, and mm-hmm. there was a local musician, Dave Hawkins, who was also on that label. And Dave and his wife lived like two minutes from my house. So the whole next week, me and Renault <laughs> were hanging out. He's coming to my gigs. And then he invited me over to play, over to play with him. Nice. And about simultaneously, I started a show called the Blues and Boogie Piano Summit. I put it on at the Southgate House in Newport for 18 years. Yes. Uh, I was myself and three other pianists in a rhythm section. So not every pianist is an organizer, but I started organizing this. And my friend Renaud really encouraged me to do this. You know, he says, he's, he's like, you can do it. And so <laughs> anyway, so I started, you know, I started bringing players over. And some of these guys were organizing their own similar festivals in Europe. So they said, well, come on over. I said, well, you, you come play my festival. And I, you know, I said, you play my festival. So the exchange program started coming about. So it just all started to roll very naturally. I just want to ask this. You know, there might be some aspiring musicians out there. And, you know, they think, oh, I just can't. I want to play the piano, but I'm just not that good. What sort of advice would you give them? 
Oh, I mean, just play, play, uh, play for your pleasure. You know, I mean, play, play because you want to play. And, you know, and if, uh, I think that if somebody, if somebody's trying to make a, a career out of it, well, there's more to it than playing. You know, I mean, I, about half of my time is spent doing what I call office work, you know, because I do my own bookings and, and I handle my own business. So, um, a lot of it is, you know, I, I would have people say to me, because um, I did have some schooling uh, when I was uh, 18. I went to uh, a music school called Berkeley College of Music in, in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And before, before that summer before I left, you know, friends of mine are saying to me, you know, you're going to go there and you're going to get your butt kicked. And I says, well, you know what? I said, everybody's got their own way of saying things. You know, everybody should have their voice. That's the ultimate thing. Is to is to find your voice in, in music, and and to uh, have a style, you know. So, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's um for me when it comes to making a living as a musician or being a musician, I feel like I don't have any choice in the matter. Like I just I knew at a very young age that I was going to be a musician, and it was so so it was something like nothing's going to stop me, you know. And but there's other people who, um. You know, great musicians who kind of ride the fence. They're like, I don't know, man. If I cut my my steady job out, then you know, what if I can't make it? Uh, you know, so I I say, well, if you play an instrument like piano or guitar, you can go play solo. Then then definitely work on your solo stuff. If you play other instruments, if you're a drummer, you know, if you're a bassist or you know, a saxophonist or whatever, uh, lead your lead your own band. I was going to ask this too because this is a very interesting time. Obviously, uh, you know, the music industry is affected a lot right now. Um, I think one of the neat ways that you've responded to the COVID um, pandemic is that you do these wonderful shows, Saturday night virtual shows. I was just going to ask you, the response for those has, seems like it's been tremendous. I want to ask you how that's going and sort of what's coming up for you. What's next for you? Yeah, well, fortunately, that's it's Facebook Live has been a great platform. Um and uh, and I and I told myself because I'm seeing a lot of just random stuff going up. You know, people people popping up and not not on a, not on a, in a regular way. So I said I want to make my show like a TV show. It's every Saturday, seven until eight o'clock. I'm not going to go on for three hours. You know, it's like I'm going to be concise and let people know when you know when it starts and when it stops. And um, and so proceeds from that has. Have, has been wonderful. Um, I also teach. I teach online too. Uh, right now, I have four one-hour students. I teach a week, and uh, will happily accept more students. Uh, so you know, I'm doing that like on like on Zoom or on um, uh, FaceTime on the iPhone, and oh, that's, that's been working out. And I've been uh, doing some recording. Uh, I've learned how to use a. It's a recording studio that's built into the into the MacBook called GarageBand, Love and that. I've gotten to where I can use it to where I can people can send me tracks and I can play on the tracks and send them back to them. So it, a lot of this is involved learning several different things at the same time, trying to do a bunch of stuff I hadn't done before. But now I kind of I've kind of got it under control. Right. The one thing about about this Facebook Live thing, I think it's I think even after we're we're back out and and and, and gathering and and playing music, you know, for people. Um, 
I think this is still a viable platform because I got a lot of European friends are tuning in, you know, and, and, and it's really, it's great. And, and I think that it's a way to reach people all over, uh, just right straight to their homes. And the way I do it, it's really organic. I've got, I've got no production. I mean, it's like I mount the iPhone on a tripod and set it by the piano. But it's what's what's coming across is is natural, you know. So exactly. So uh, it's really it's really genuine. I was gonna say, folks, it's it's right now. It's Saturday, seven o'clock p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time right now. Ricky, how can people find out more about you or your music? Oh uh, well, through Facebook, I'm uh, Ricky Nye Piano, R I C K Y N Y E Piano, and so that's all anybody has to do. Uh, to to get on the programs, just go go to my page, and I'll just pop up at seven o'clock. Um, <laughs> Excellent. I have a I have a website which is rickynye.com, and uh, and so from there I don't really have gigs to post, but but uh, <laughs> I'm selling uh, my CD inventory uh, from my home now. Ricky, I just want to wish you the best of luck. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Really appreciate. Oh uh, yeah, not too much of a schedule now. Anyway, always an honor speaking with you. Thank it's you. A, no, it's a pleasure. I appreciate it, Chuck. Thank you. Online Coffee Break. Well, I really enjoyed my conversation with Ricky today, and I'm loving his music. Definitely check out his Facebook virtual shows every Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Check him out on Facebook at Ricky Nye. You can also visit his website at rickynye.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-N-Y-E.com. I want to thank Ricky for joining me today. I want to thank you for joining us as well. Again, we'd love it if you'd share this episode with a friend or if you give us a like if you're watching on YouTube or if you can rate us on your favorite podcast application. We'd really appreciate it. Either way, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Stay safe and God bless.